Section 7 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 27, May 4, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fernandez. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 27, May 4, 1880, Section Fun in a Chinese Schoolroom and Mother Goose's May Party. Fun in a Chinese Schoolroom by William Elliot Griffiths. These five Chinese boys, except the one whose ear is being pulled, are having fine fun. The footsie, or old teacher, has gone out of the room for a few minutes to fill his tobacco pouch. Let us look round and see what kind of schoolrooms they have in China and how the pupils study. The boys in this case are all of one family and the old gentleman is their private tutor. He is white-bearded and shaven pated, and has rather long fingernails, as the fashion is in China among those who do not have to work with their hands. Long fingernails with them are like white hands and tapering fingers among us. The flow of the room is of stone set in squares like a checkerboard. It is very pleasant and cool in summertime, and in all weathers, the lads keep on their velvet and maple wood shoes. These are thick-soled and warm, slightly turned up at the end, but do not draw the feet as our leather or rubber shoes do. The three younger boys wear embroidered coats. All except the baby have plaits of hair on the side of the head. But the little fellow, who is not yet six years old, still wears the very young child's circle of hair. Every day or so, their heads are neatly shaved, and when they are twelve years old, there will be a family party, and each one will lose his boyish locks and begin to raise a pigtail, or queue, which hangs down his back. Then they will feel as proud as our boys when they sport their first attempt at a moustache. The walls of the schoolroom are plain, but are not complete without the usual picture of the bamboo swaying in the wind or soughing in the moonlight. The Chinese have thousands of stanzas and ditties of which the graceful bamboo is the subject. Notice the tables. They are of hard polished wood with colored marble tops. The seats are of round hollow wood with leather tops. They look like ginger jars with paper covers. On these the boys sit while tracing the characters which we see on real Chinese tea boxes for those made in New York are almost always upside down as if they had turned a somersault. 
Every boy must learn from 200 to 10,000 of these characters and many years of hard study are required. Their books, inkstones, brush pens, water pot and pen dress are all on the table. They use India ink and write with a brush. In learning their lessons, the scholars study out loud and a Chinese schoolroom is a very noisy place and worse than the buzzing of many beehives. When a boy has learned his lesson, he comes to the teacher and then backs his book. That is, he hands his book to the instructor and then turns his back so as not to see the page or face of the teacher and then recites. At the same time, he holds out two of his fingers, first of one hand and then of the other, beating them up and down alternately like a music leader beating time. The boys in the picture have become tired of so much sitting, so as soon as the cat leaves the room, the mice begin to play. One of them mounts the table, taking the master's wooden seat with him. On this, he poses himself, foot over knee, and dons footsie's hat, on which is the crystal button and horsehair plume, of which all dignified men are very proud. He quickly anchors the huge goggled spectacles astride his nose with the aid of the guy ropes around his ears, seizes the empty pipe in one hand and with fan in the other calls out to the oldest boy to back his book. The big boy begins to seesaw his fingers up and down and to bawl out his lesson but quickly turns round to see the fun. The next oldest boy is pulling the ears of the baby who squeals out while the boy on the floor who pretends to be in disgrace and cannot rise calls on the teacher to speak to the mischievous urchin. But the old footsie has heard the squealing and the racket and is hurrying along the corridor to see what is the matter. What will be done? There will be no rattan or ruler used, or ears boxed, but each one will receive a lecture on propriety and an extra lesson. The bigger boys will be ordered to learn 50 new characters, and the smaller ones will each have a longer copy to write after school. Mother Goose's May Party by Agnes Carr it was May Day, and the sun popped out of bed early that morning to wake up the little birds and flowers, that they might clear their throats and wash their bright faces in dew by the time the old woman had swept the cobwebs from the sky and left a beautiful blue roof over Gooseneck Village. For they knew it was the first of May, and that dear old Mother Goose who taught the kindergarten or infant school, was going with all her little scholars to have a May party under the trees in the merry green wood. And the children knew it too, and they were all on hand bright and early, Tommy Green and Johnny Stout, 
Humpty Dumpty and Little Bo Peep, Jack and Jill, Little Boy Blue in a brand new suit of clothes, and Goldilocks with her yellow hair flying in the wind, Tom, the piper's son, and poor simple Simon, the dunce of the school, with many others that we have known and loved, and all brought baskets filled with good things for their dinner. Oh, won't we have fun, said Marjorie Daw to Jackie Horner. I hope you have got something nice in that big basket of yours. Yes, indeed, said Jack. Cook made me a lovely pie and stuffed it just full of plums. I will try and pull one out for you. And he lifted up the napkin over the basket and was trying to break a hole in the pie crust when Mother Goose came in and seeing him said, Here, here, Master Jack, keep your fingers out of the pie. I never saw such a boy. He sticks his thumb into everything from Christmas pies to inkstands. Oh, Mother Goose, do let us start, shouted the children. Yes, yes, my dears, very soon. We are only waiting for Contrary Mary. I have sent Nimble Dick for her. And here they come now. Sure enough, there was heard a jingling of bells, and in danced Mary, quite contrary, with her fingers covered with rings, and her apron filled with flowers from her garden, with which to make a wreath for the May Queen. And now they all started, walking two and two, with Mother Goose at the head, holding the youngest scholar, Baby Bunting, tight by the hand, for fear he should fall down and tear his new rabbit skin overcoat, while Tom, the piper's son, played over the hills and far away on his pipe, and all the little folks danced and skipped along to the gay tune. When they reached the pleasant wood, they were all glad to sit down on the green moss and rest a while. And Mother Goose said, The first thing is to choose a May Queen. Now, who shall it be? Goldilocks, Goldilocks, shouted the children, for they all loved the dear little girl with pretty hair and sweet blue eyes. Oh, no, no, said Goldilocks, and she hid behind Tommy Tucker. But they made her come out and sit on a throne formed of Miss Muffet's Stuffet, scattered over with wild violets and mayflowers, which grew all around. And contrary Mary put a beautiful crown of roses and lilies and daffodown dillies on her golden curls, and she looked just the dearest little May Queen in all the world. Then all the children joined hands and danced round the throne, singing, Hail to the Queen of May on this our festal day, Gay flowers we'll bring, sweet blossoms of spring, To crown our Queen of May.' The little queen then gave each one a flower and let them kneel and kiss her tiny white hand and then they scattered through the woods and played oats, peas, beans, tag and other games 
until little boy blue blew a blast on his horn which meant come to dinner and when they all came running back at the call they found mother goose had a tablecloth spread on the grass and all the biscuits cake and fruit from their baskets set out on green leaves while in the center stood jack horner's pie a bowl of curds and whey that miss muffet brought and a plate of strawberry tarts sent by the queen of hearts and jack and jill were bringing a pail of nice cold water from the spring how hungry they all were too and how good everything tasted while well, they had such a laugh a little miss muffet who screamed and ran away when a great daddy long legs walked across the table they ended the feast with the plum pie which the little queen cut and gave everyone a piece and they all said it was so nice jack horner felt quite proud and thought he was a bigger boy than ever after everything was eaten up marjorie daw and little bo peep washed the dishes while little boy blue went fast asleep under the fence and mother goose told all the little ones a story until the cobwebs began to come over the sky and the sun whispered to the little birds and flowers it was time to shut their peepers for the night when they started for home goldilocks the queen riding in the middle of the procession on big john stout's shoulder and when they bade their teacher a tired but happy good night all said they had had the nicest kind of a day and hoped next year mother goose would give them another may party end of section 7